You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. To Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Let's go to verse 20. Everyone there? Yes? Galatians 2 verse 20. Let's pray first. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for a new day. Your mercies are new every morning. We pray that you go before us now as we study your word. Father, that the the pages of your word would just minister to our hearts today. Lord, um, those that are coming in with maybe a stressful week or maybe something's on their mind, Lord, I pray that you would just put it aside, that we would focus on you, that we would get right with you. Lord, if there's any um, sin issues that are in our life that we need to repent of, Father, I pray that we would do that today that we would just give it to you, we would cast our cares on you, that you forgive us, Lord, we thank you for your love. So go before us now as we study your word. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Let's look at Galatians 2, verse 20. And then we're going to jump to chapter 3 and uh, and study some verses in chapter 3 as well. Galatians 2, verse 20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith. I want you to underline that word faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now I want you to jump to chapter 3, starting in verse 23. Galatians 3, 23. Before this faith, there's that word again if you want to underline it. Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put into charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. There's that word again. Now that faith has come. We are no longer under the supervision of the law. Verse 26. You are all sons of God through faith. There's that word. In Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, Male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Great passage. Great chapters of chapters 2 and 3 in Galatians that Paul is writing to the church in Galatia. Paul is fired up. He's using this word that is repeating. What was the word that we kind of read most in this chapter? Faith. There's that word. Paul is talking about that word faith particularly in Galatians chapter 2 and 3, and of all of Galatians. But in Galatians chapter 2 and 3, the word faith appears 16 times in chapters 2 and 3 alone. 16 times faith appears in here. So Paul is trying to make his point clear. Look, Galatians, this is not about the law. The law that he's talking about is in the Ten Commandments, which was the, the Jewish Bible, if you will, it was, their old, it was their testament, their Old Testament, it's found in Exodus, the, the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses was the law, and then you've got Numbers, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, that he gives other laws, but the law of Ten Commandments is what all the Jews would practice wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. Now, there's nothing wrong against the law, but when Christ comes now, now it's about faith in him, not about just doing the law, and a lot of the Jews in this day were like, well, wait, hold on, hold on. Look, we've been studying Moses and his law that he gave us from God, the Ten Commandments. That's what it's all about. We need to study that. And if these Gentiles are just going to come and by faith and not have to study the law or whatever, they're not really true Christians. What is going on? They hated Paul for talking about this. But Paul's saying, no, this is what it's all about. 
Jesus has now come in. He's not abolished the law. He's not saying, hey, you don't need to learn about the Ten Commandments anymore. You don't need to study them. It's all good. I'm here. He didn't abolish the law. He's fulfilled it. He's fulfilled it. There's a big difference. He's now fulfilled the law, but now you don't come to God through the law. You don't come through God doing good works, saying, hey, I didn't steal anything today. Hey, I didn't murder anyone today. Hey, I didn't covet anything today. I'm good with God, all right? We can start making that checklist all day if we want to. We can start playing that game all, all we want to. But the Bible says that it's not about works now. It's not about the law that gets you to heaven. What gets you to heaven? Faith. It's by faith in Jesus that will get you to heaven. Not the law. And we're going to talk about that because the Gentiles and the Galatians in this time were really struggling with this. You're telling me that I just have to have faith and trust in this Jesus Christ and that's what's going to save me. Not these laws, not doing good works, that doesn't save me. No, that doesn't save you. It's faith in Jesus putting your trust in him. The law is good, but it doesn't get you to heaven. Now we're going to talk about that. So it is on the topic of faith. I want to see the definition of faith, and it's found right in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It's on the screen if you want to write it down. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, gives us pretty much a great definition of what faith is. Faith is, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now has anyone seen God face to face? Raise your hand if you've seen God. I didn't think so. No one has seen God, but yet you trust in him, you put your faith in him. Why? Because it's what his word says. It's that faith aspect. You have to have faith in everything in every day of life. The, one that, the, the people that want to study evolution, they have to have faith that that actually exists. You have to have faith that God, what he says in his word, created the heavens and the earth in six days. That has to have faith. So faith is basically being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You are certain that God exists, and he does exist. It's the only thing that makes sense. It's what the pages of his word says. He is evident in creation and in his word. But you have to come to that by faith. So back here in chapter 2, um, in Galatians, look again in chapter 2. I want to backtrack to verse 17. Because all the Jews in this time, the Galatians were like, what are you talking about, Paul? It's all about the Ten Commandments. I've been studying that since my youth. I've been, I've been rolling with God. God loves me. Now you're telling me it's just about faith? Hold up. Verse 17 of chapter 2, look, it says. Paul says, if while we still seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For though the law, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. And then he says in verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then he says, I do not set aside the grace of God for it is if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Very interesting. He says, if you could attain righteousness and perfection and holiness through the law, then Jesus Christ died on the cross for nothing. No reason. He says, but, but that's not true. We can't attain righteousness and holiness and perfection through the law. That's why Christ had to come. Now, here's what the law is so interesting. The law was put into effect in Exodus through Moses. Moses gives it to the people. This is what we study now is our Ten Commandments. Do we give up on the law? No. There's morality in the law. We as Christians are called not to murder. We're not to steal. We're not to commit adultery. We're not to covet. 
We're not to lie. So that's the Ten Commandments. We're still to keep that. But Jesus, when he comes, dies on the cross for us. We now put our faith and trust in him, not in the law. Here's what a perfect picture that the law is all about. The law and the Ten Commandments point us to Christ. They lead us to Christ, and they show that you and I need a Savior. Because you cannot keep every single commandment perfectly every single day of your life. I'd love to meet the first person that can do that. There was only one person that could do that. It was Jesus Christ. So the law was never intended to save us. The law was basically to point us to Jesus and show us, hey, guess what? You need a Savior. The law is not the Savior. You need a Savior. It's Jesus Christ. But now you come through him through faith, not by the law. So now Paul is saying we've been crucified with Christ, spiritually saying. You and I have been crucified with Jesus Christ. We no longer live for ourselves. We live for him. You die to the flesh. Jesus always talked about that. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. Die to yourself. Die to self. Don't let the flesh rule over you. We've been crucified with that. We no longer live for the law. We no longer live for ourselves. We live for Jesus now through faith. He's going to mention faith 16 times, saying it's all about faith. There's three things I want you guys to write down on what faith brings. What does faith bring for us? It's number one, faith brings salvation. Salvation, that's the number one thing that faith brings for you and me. Salvation, I want to look at verse 22 and 23 real quick of chapter 3. Verse 22 says this, But the scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin, so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Then he says this in verse 23, Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. Number one thing faith brings for us is salvation, that we're saved. Great verse that everyone should know this verse, Ephesians 2, verse 8. For it's by grace you've been saved through, through faith. It's by grace you've been saved through faith, not by works, not by the law, so that no one can brag. Hey, guess what? I didn't murder anyone today. Oh, yeah. It's a big deal. I didn't lie. Big deal. I didn't covet. Big deal. Didn't commit adultery, yo. I'm good. Look, that is not about how we are going to be saved. The Bible makes it clear that no one is saved through good works. Because why? Then we could start bragging our way up. Saying, I am good with God. I've kept the, I've kept the law. I've kept the good works. I, I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing well with God. God loves me even more than you because I've kept the Ten Commandments. You've only kept eight. Ooh. It's not about the law. It's by grace that you and, I, you and I have been saved through faith. That's what Paul is making clear for us. And that is for us today. It's never good works that's going to save us. It's never something good that you can do that makes you more lovable to God. God doesn't hate you any less when you do something bad. He doesn't love you any more when you do something dandy. He loves you unconditionally no matter what. But to be saved is by faith. It's by faith. So faith brings salvation. It is saving for you and me. And I think a lot of you are going through those motions where, hey, if I just do the checklist and I get right with the Lord and I don't cuss during this week or I don't go to the parties during this week, or maybe I don't booze it up with my friends during this weekend, or I don't sleep around. I'm talking about the good works. If you say, I don't do any of these things, then God loves me even more now. No, that is false. God only loves you and is pleased with you when you come to him by faith. I don't care if you didn't do any of this or that. God doesn't look at you that way. He doesn't look at the, the bad things you do and the good things you do that get closer with him. It is all about faith. 
and I do see a lot of distraction in this room, I want you guys to pay attention to what I have to say. Because this is eternal salvation that is at stake right here. This is your soul and eternity at stake. Faith is going to bring salvation. When you come to Jesus in a personal relationship, it has to be through faith and trusting in him. And what he says, he will do. And who he is. And we need to be the salt and light in our schools, in our homes, on our sports teams, in our music groups, with our friends that aren't saved. We need to be the salt and light and be the church. Because the church is doing a pretty bad job at showing who God is. It is not about works, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about, hey, you did this, you did that, I'm good with God. Now that's good that you maybe have not have done this and that, but it's not about that. Where's your personal relationship with Jesus today? How strong is your faith today? Or how weak is your faith today? Number two that faith brings is direction. Faith is going to guide you and direct you where you need to go. I love this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. It's a great verse. For we live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. What we see is temporary. When we see through faith, it's eternal. We don't live by what we see. We don't live by what we, we see in this life. We don't see this, hey, I think God wants me to go here because I see it clearly. I can just see it. Maybe God's not calling you to go that direction. Maybe God's calling you to go in this direction, but it needs to be through faith. Think of Abraham in Genesis. Did Abraham know where he was going? Did he know why he was going? God says, Abraham, I want you to pick up all your belongings, your family. I want you to go to Canaan and start moving. I'm going to guide you and direct you. What? Why? I will explain why. Just come along with me. But why? He's like Olaf and Frozen. Why? 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 Just follow me, Abraham. You got it. Come on, honest Abe. Follow me. I'm going to direct you and guide you. And it was all about faith for Abraham. He had no idea where he was going. God brings him and explains it. But it had to be through faith. God's going to direct you and guide you in your personal life now when it's through faith. Not by what you think because of what you see. Not by, hey, I think God's calling me because this looks like the best road to go down. This looks like the easiest route because I can actually see it the destination at hand, and that looks like where God wants me. That may not be where God wants you to go. God's going to show you now through faith in him where he might lead you. So we live by faith. We don't live by what we see or by what we think or by our feelings. Don't be guided by your feelings. Be guided by faith. All right? In verse 25 of chapter 3, it says this, Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. Another word for that supervision is direction or guidance. We're no longer under the supervision of the law. Though we keep the law, though we obey it, it doesn't save us. Just think of it as a babysitter or a tutor, all right? You're about four or five years old, and you've got the law as your babysitter, all right? Telling you, hey, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, I'm going to spank you, or I'm going to tell your mom or dad when you come home. That's a creepy babysitter also, if you have that. All right? I don't know what this is, but I'm just doing it. So just think of the law as that creepy babysitter, all right? You're like, how long do I have to have this creepy babysitter? Then you grow up. You don't need a babysitter anymore. Now it's about faith. Faith is now going to guide you. Faith is now going to direct you. Faith is now is going to guard you when you read and study God's word. He's going to speak to you 
in a couple different ways. Two ways that God will clearly speak to you. I don't have this on the notes, but you can write this down. Two ways God is clearly going to speak to you if you come to him by faith. He's going to first speak to you through his word. He's going to speak to you through prayer. And he's going to speak to you through other godly people. He will. Three things that God's going to speak to you, and that comes by faith. He's going to speak to you through his word, through prayer, and through other godly people. But he wants us to come to him by faith in that. So no longer are we under the direction of the law. Either, even though the law is what we need to keep, we need to honor that, we need to obey it. Okay? But now it doesn't save us. We have to come through faith in Jesus Christ and believe in him, put our faith and trust in him. He's the only way that's going to get us to heaven, not by good works. There's going to be a lot of people, and the Bible tells us this, there's going to be a lot of people that in the end of the age are going to come and say, Jesus, I, I did all these things. You know, I, I did all these great things. I, I cast out demons. I, I prophesied in your name. What do you, you mean I can't get to heaven? Saddest word verses in the Bible. Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. It's going to be the hypocrites. If you want to come in a relationship with Jesus, it needs to be through faith. And that's the only thing that's going to get you into heaven. That's the only thing that we're going to attain eternal life is by faith. Number three, and finally, faith brings identification. And I love this chapter. I love this verse. Look at verse 26. We're going to read through 29. Great passage. He says this, you are all sons of God. Here's the ticker, through faith. All right, and I'm going to come back to that. You are all sons or daughters. It's just a universal term. You are all sons or daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Then he says here in verse 29, if you belong to Christ, if, if you belong to to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if you are in a relationship with Jesus this very moment, today, if you have made him your personal Lord and Savior and have trusted him with your life, you are now a child of God. You are a child of God. But the whole world is not the children of God. The Bible makes it clear, if you know him personally and have put your faith and trust in him and you, are, you know him as your Lord and Savior, then you are a child of God. You're a daughter or son of God. But this song that we sing, and Justin Bieber came in, and, and whoever, Rosie, I don't know, whoever, I was going to say Rosie O'Donnell, but she doesn't sing. There's other people that have come and sing this song called Children of the World. Yeah? We're, all, we're, we're not all children of one God. We're not. Those that don't know Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior, they are not a son and daughter of God. They are son and daughter of the devil. The Bible says that. He would speak harshly to the hypocrites and the Pharisees in his day. Because the Pharisees were all about keeping the law. God, who are you? What do you think? Who do you think you are? We've been keeping this law since, we, since the time of Moses. And you've come in and now you say it's all gone? Who are you? Who do you think you are? And Jesus is pretty harsh with them. And he says, you hypocrites. It is not about keeping the law. It's about faith in Jesus Christ. And he says, you are not a child of me. You are not a child of God. Guess who your daddy is? Who? Satan. What? My daddy's Satan? Yeah, your daddy's Satan. You are not a child of me. But if you come to know me through faith, guess what? I will bring you into myself. You are now part of my family. But Jesus is making a point, and Paul would write this in Galatians now. He's saying in verse 26, you are all sons of God through faith. But the third thing I wanted to talk about in identification is, where is your identity 
in this life? Is your identity found in yourself and what Hollywood or media or your friends tell you you are? Or is your identity found in Jesus and who he says you are? Because he says, if you have faith in me, you are now a son or daughter of me and you're welcome in my family. Jesus says to his disciples, I don't call you slaves or servants anymore. I want to call you friends because you now know me. You're my friend. Jesus is very clear, and what Paul is reiterating is in verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. It's not about ethnicity or culture. He says slave nor free. It's not about your status, male nor female. It's not about gender. He says you are all one in Christ Jesus if you know me in a personal relationship. Everyone's equal. Everyone is equal. This would have been eye-opening to the Jews. Hold on. Jesus, we are your chosen people. You're saying the Gentiles now? Gentiles is basically those that weren't Jewish. So if you aren't Jewish in here this morning, you're a Gentile. Jesus is saying, yes, it's open now to everyone. The Bible is saying it is now equal for everyone. Slave or free, Jew or Greek, male or female, we're all equal. This would have been huge for the women to hear this too. Because in that day and age, the status of a woman was as low as probably a dog or another animal. The women's status was not good in that day. So Paul is saying pretty big words, saying it's not about Jews and Greeks anymore, people. It's not about whether you're slave or free. It's not even whether you're a male or female. God sees all of you equal. Your identity is found in him. It's not found in anything else. It's not found in what Hollywood tells you. It's not found in what the media is going to tell you. It's not found in what commercials are going to tell you. It's not found in even what your friends are going to tell you. Your identity, your identification is found in one person, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen? We need to believe this. We need to believe this. That now faith brings us salvation. It saves us. It takes us away from this prison that was the law. It takes us away from that. It now directs us, gives us direction, and it now gives us an identity. Gives us an identity. Am I, am I just living for myself? Am I just living for what Hollywood or media tells me to? You shouldn't be. Jesus tells you who you are. And if you are in him through faith, he's going to say you're now a son or daughter of me. Don't listen to what anyone else says. You're part of my family. There's three things, there's three questions I want to ask each one of us. Um, and they're going to be on the screen. The first one I want you to ask yourself is, how is my faith in God? How is it? Maybe do a heart check today. How is my faith in God? Is it strong or is it sometimes weak? Do I easily get swayed by the culture and what people tell me? Do I easily get swayed on, oh, yeah, that sounds better. You know, the Bible says this, but I don't know if I agree with it. Where is your faith in God? How strong is it or is it weak sometimes? I love what Matthew 17, 20 says. I want to read it to you. Matthew 17, 20. Jesus said this to his disciples and to the people around him. He replied, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So we know this verse. Jesus is saying to his disciples and the people, hey, if your faith is as, is as small as a mustard seed. Anybody know how small a mustard seed is? And they're everywhere in Israel. If you go to Israel today, there are mustard seeds all around. It's just this, it's like the size of your tooth is a mustard seed. Jesus is saying, if your faith is even as small as a mustard seed, you can tell mountains to move. Now, is he speaking literally? Maybe not. But he's speaking spiritually. If you have faith just as small as a mustard seed, 
nothing's going to be impossible for you. Watch what I'm going to do through you. When God is going to show up, watch what he's going to do. When you have faith as small as a mustard seed. So every time you brush your teeth, look at that tooth and say, that's all the faith I need to have for God to do something in me. God, get me through today. Help me to know you better. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That was really dumb, but I just, it helps. You're going to now go in your bathroom and say, Father. Now, if you have braces, it's going to be a little difficult. Father. Thanks. Father, I need to go back to the orthodontist. Where was I? Anyway. Is it weak sometimes or is it, is it strong? All it needs to be is the size of a mustard seed, God says. Number two, another thing to ask yourself is, do others see my faith through my actions? Do others see my faith through my actions? I love what James tells us. James chapter uh, 2, verse 17. It's a great passage in chapter 2 about faith. Um, he says in verse 17, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith and action have to go together. So again, you may be saying, well, I just thought you said good works isn't good. Good works is good, but that doesn't get you saved. It doesn't get you to heaven. So faith and action have to go together. From the outpouring of your faith, then good works will come. It shouldn't be good works first, and then, hey, I guess I can have some faith. It needs to be faith first, and out of that faith comes good works. You're going to want to do good. You're going to want to please other people. You're going to want to please God. You're going to want to help them. You're going to want to do good. But that doesn't get you saved. We have to remember that. The good works don't get you saved, but you're going to want to do that. And if you have faith, but there's no actions, there's no, there's no good works, then it's dead. Your faith is dead. So how do other people see you in school or in the public area? Do they see your faith in your actions? Do they see that? Do they see the good works? And again, I'm making it clear, that doesn't save you, it doesn't get to heaven. But good works is still a good thing. God wants us to be good, holy people. So people may see Jesus through you. People may say, why are you always good all the time? Or why are you doing this? Or hey, you know, you don't say the bad words. Or why, why don't you go to the parties with us? What, what, what is it about you? Then that's the way you can start sharing your faith. But people have to see that. Do people see my faith through my actions? Because if they don't, your faith is dead. From the faith needs to come good works and we need to live holy, pleasing lives. That's James chapter two. Read James chapter two again. It's a great chapter on faith. And finally, number three, I want everyone to turn to 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. We're going to end in that today. And the question is, will I continue to live out 2 Timothy 4, 7? It's a great verse that you and I need to live out. 2 Timothy chapter 4, 7, it says this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Just one verse. Paul says to Timothy, and he says, for you and me today, I have fought the good fight. I have now finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Paul is on his deathbed, and he's telling us, look, I have lived my life for the Lord. I fought this good fight. I've now run this race. I just didn't run it. I finished it now. I finished this race, and now I have kept the faith. So that third question, will I continue to live out my faith and keep my faith? Keep it to yourself. Keep it. It is your own faith in Jesus. Keep it. Keep it. Don't drift away. Don't let it fall away. Paul finished the race. He fought the good fight. He kept the faith. Will you and I do that today? Faith again, it's certain of what is hoped for, and it's being sure of what we do not see. That is faith. 
keep it. Amen? Let's pray. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.